Hello everyone and welcome to episode two of the official New Japan Pro Wrestling English podcast. Thank you so, so much for all the feedback from episode one of this podcast that uh, I, Chris Charlton, did alongside with our general manager, Michael Craven. The response was uh, really, really phenomenal from everyone and it's allowed this second episode to take place. Now, this episode's a little bit different because while I am here, Michael Craven is not here. Michael's away in Australia doing lots of exciting things and PR for the Southern Showdown tour uh, that's coming up at the end of June. So he arranged a special guest for me, kept it a bit of a secret, and I conducted a little interview backstage uh, in Fukuoka just before night two of Dontaku over there. So it was a little bit intimidating to find out uh, my guest was uh, the Bullet Club's own Gino Gambino, given my own history with the Bullet Club. But I got along a little bit better with Gino than uh, Bad Luck Valley, at least. So you can enjoy a nice little 20-minute chat coming up here as we talk about everything Gino's transition from being a wrestler when he first debuted with New Japan to now still being a wrestler over in his native Australia, but uh, commentating for us uh, for New Japan over the last week of the Dontaku tour. Uh, he also talks about the the scene in Australia. I think it's a something that a lot of uh, fans of New Japan and and lots of fans all the way around the world don't know so much about the Australian scene, but it's a really burgeoning uh, area when it comes to pro wrestling. So lots of really interesting insight from Mr. Juicy Gino Gambino coming up. Thank you so, so much to Petform as well before we get going for the 10 second jingle that played in the opening to this show here. Um, we're so, so grateful to Petform and uh, we'll be reaching out to him and uh, we'll certainly make it worth his while for the uh, the work that he put in uh, for that great jingle. So um, we're going to take you now to Dontaku and to my chat with Gino Gambino. Uh, please forgive a little bit of echo in the audio there. It's a uh, very a distinct challenge to find a quiet enough place and an appropriate enough place um, to do a podcast recording right before a big New Japan show, as as you can imagine. And uh, I really think that uh, that this chat's worth your while. Um, there'll also be a special little message from Michael himself at the end of this podcast, uh, just to give you a little update on what's happening as we head into Southern Showdown. So check it all out. Thanks for listening. Gino Gambino. <laughs> Thank you very much for having me. Ryan, who I'm trying to make good with. Look, we'll be friends eventually, I'm sure. Just not yet. I, you know, I've got to tag you along a little bit. I can't give you all of it at once. Right. Okay, okay. Well, we're working together and I'm hoping you can be a bridge to Mr. Fale. Oh, no, no chance. No, no you're in trouble there, mate. Sorry. Can't, I can't help you. <laughs> what? Why does it? Does he speak of me? Like, uh, he's just it? annoying, let's be honest. Okay. Is it, just, is it a hydration thing? Uh, it's, it's just your again? face, I think. Right. It upsets everyone. That's everyone? Right. Everyone? <laughs> everyone. Everyone. Billy Club, everyone? Right? Everyone, everyone. everyone. <sighs> so, so, uh, this is going to be a long haul. Oh, yeah. This company, right? Um, wow. So, Gino, you had this is your second time with New Japan. Yeah, absolutely. I uh, originally debuted at Wrestle Kingdom 12, I want to say. I hope that's right. Do you think yeah, I would yeah. know? I think it was 12. Uh, I appeared in the uh, the Rumble for Wrestle Kingdom 12, and uh, I've also 
wrestled for New Japan in Australia as well. Ah, yes, the old uh, the fall it was fallout tour. tour. Yeah, which was which was a great tour, uh, highly enjoyable, and um, I was really lucky to be part of that as well. But this time you're in a different capacity, going from a wrestler to an announcer. Yeah, had you done announcing before? Yeah, absolutely. I've uh, spent my time uh, every now and then announcing uh, in Australia. I've been wrestling now for 14 years so i've actually just dabbled i thinking about everything besides being a referee um so i've done a bit of announcing i've helped out in that aspect but uh most of my time has been spent as a wrestler right so how's the experience been how's it been different from being in the ring in new japan to announcing in new japan well first i'm not getting my head kicked in which is always a a pleasure, uh, and it's good. I get, I get to come here and talk about the best faction in the world in Bullet Club. Right, right. But a little bit of mixed results this tour. You know, we're going at, as uh, full disclosure. This will be up later, but we're recording this before mm-hmm. night two of, of Dantaku. Yeah, mm-hmm. night one wasn't great, even though it was our birthday, our yeah. sixth year anniversary. So it was a bit of a uh, somber celebration afterwards. But uh, look. At the end of the day, Bullet Club has been strong for six years, no matter what the result. We've always had ups and downs. And Jay White, at the moment, the best wrestler in the world, hands down. Then we have G.O.D., the best tag team in the world. They've offered anyone to come and challenge them, and no one stepped up to the plate. And then you've got guys like Chase Owens, Robbie Eagles, Ishimori, amazing talents, young guys like Hikaleo, who's going to be the future of this company. And then Bad Luck Farley to anchor it all. You know, the big man himself. So we've got a lot of members and a lot of strong members, and that's what's important about Bullet Club, always strong. And a lot of that recruitment has come through Australia. Yeah, absolutely. Through New Zealand. Yeah. It's come through uh, that scene, and I would guess that Farley is a big... Yeah, definitely. Uh, the Farley Dojo... Um, which is, you know, it's part of the New Japan system of getting here for Australian and New Zealanders, and it's a really important step along the way. Um, I was lucky enough to be one of the first graduates of the Farley Dojo. I spent a lot of time there, and that's how I ended up at New Japan and part of Bullet Club. Farley is a great coach. He's got a great team down there, uh, and that dojo is an awesome step for guys like myself, Robbie Eagles, Jay White, and others who are at this company who have gone through that dojo. So a really important step to get here. We, it's, Australia's been looming bigger on the map yeah. in recent months, in the last couple of years. Absolutely. It's, it's become an exploding scene, but perhaps to people in the, the Western Hemisphere yeah. that aren't so familiar with the Australian scene, like mm-hmm. how has it progressed over the last couple of years since you were involved in the business. Oh, well, it's progressed massively. And um, a lot of that's got to do with the influence of Fale. Um, as well, we recently had Michael Craven, the general manager, visit. Uh, and that's a huge moment for us uh, to have someone of his ability and capacity within the company to be in Australia and New Zealand to visit the Fale Dojo really gives us that tick of approval. It's like we finally got our blue tick on Twitter. Um, you know, we're being recognised. There has been talent in Australia for many, many years, maybe 20 years of unnoticed talent. And unfortunately, a lot of that talent's left because there just wasn't anything there for them. Um, and now with New Japan being involved in Australia and New Zealand, we are getting noticed and 
You're seeing that. Like, look at Robbie Eagles, like one of the best juniors in the world and only just been noticed by a lot of people um, since he did uh, the tag with Ishimori, the junior tag. So, you know, things are coming, big things are happening, uh, and having the ability to have people like Michael Craven, like Fale, visit Australia and be an integral part is very helpful to us. Is there a little bit of competition with Australia and New Zealand? Uh, you know, it's like Fale said, you know, the other day, it's like, well, you know, Kiwis won and Kangaroo Zero when he did. Yeah. <laughs> Look, he's, he's probably not wrong. In the background, I'm sure there is. Uh, there was one famous sports incident in a cricket match where we bowled an underarm ball and that's never been forgotten. That was in 84. So there's always some strong rivalries there. Um, especially when it comes to rugby. But I think when it comes to professional wrestling, we all want the same goal. We want New Zealand and Australia on the map of the professional wrestling world. So we're working together to achieve that. And when it comes to Southern Showdown at the end of June, how important is, are those two events? It's massive. It's, it's a big thing. And, and I hope that the fans in Australia realise too that if they want their independent scene to grow, if they want uh, the guys that they love, like myself, Robbie Eagles, Mikey Nichols, uh, Henade, if they want those guys to be on the main stage, they need to prove that Australia wants it. And buying a ticket and coming to this show, the 29th in Melbourne, the 30th in Sydney, is really important. And I really hope they come out to show their support. Yeah, it's one of those things where being, knowing my history coming from the English scene or coming from through knowing Japan, you know, it's, it's, there is a world of history in Australia that Huge. we weren't, I'm not as familiar with, you know. It, it was one of the hottest territories back in the day. Um, I'm probably going to get this name wrong, but you can, Jim Crockett, yep. is that right? Yep. Yeah, okay. Uh, he ran the territory and Australia was part of the scene. If you look at, uh, some of the most famous names in wrestling history. If you look at their old schedules, New Zealand and Australia were big stops for them. We had a thriving scene, and that's why being back at Festival Hall for Melbourne, that's our Corican Hall, that's our York Hall, that's our Madison Square Garden. It's where wrestling uh, was born for us. It's where the big shows happened. We had Andre the Giant, we had Ric Flair, we had all these guys wrestle at Festival Hall. And for us to be back there, that's a big stamp of approval for us. And it's people like Farley, it's people like Michael Craven who have made that happen. Right, it was when uh, Robbie Eagles was it the the Ron Miller special. It's, yeah, it, you know that in those big four, it was something that it was oh you know you first hear that yeah. kind of name just for announcers was like oh but you know it it rang true the 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 talent from Australia are, are very aware of their own history. We we understand our history, and I think more importantly, there was a big lull in the uh, 90s where we missed out on probably where a lot of other countries picked up. Mm. Um, you know, we always talk about the scene in the UK being quite rough during the 90s and early yeah. 2000s. Um, then we had a bit of a spike early 2000s and then it kind of slowed down again. But now we've got these big companies like MCW, PWA, EPW, uh, Wrestle Rampage, it all got talent that are now uh, here at other big companies across the world. Um, in the UK, the US, in South America. So Australians are making a name for themselves and I think it's really important now that our fans get behind us. Is there anything that separates Australian wrestling to other wrestling? You know, it's, it, we always hear 
you know, it's it's kind of it's almost a little bit limiting to say professional wrestling is this in this country. Yeah. But you know, we talk about lucha style a lot. We talk yes. about American style a lot. European catch style a lot. Strong yeah. style a lot. Is there, is there something that that sets Australia apart stylistically as opposed to? I think the best thing about Australia is we are all those styles. We have guys like myself who are probably closer to the Japanese strong style and the big man stuff. Then you got guys like Robbie Eagles who are close to lucha style flying around. So we are a mix. You're going to get the best of all those styles. We don't, we don't stick to one thing. Um, you know, a lot of countries, I think, corner themselves a little bit by having a one coach. We had multiple coaches and visitors and seminars from people from New Japan, um, from all across the world. And we've learned a lot of different styles. So it's important that uh, people understand we're here for them. We're just putting on a good show in general. Yeah. Um, going back to your experience over like this last yeah. month, oh boy, in, what the last really the last big you came in at the end of the tour. I did, yeah. So like the big name, I did have an important show, <laughs> a couple of important shows in Australia. I would have liked to come earlier, um, but yeah, it's it's been crazy to be honest. It's been a really great experience, um, you know, spending time with the Bullet Club again. The last time I saw them was in Australia last year. Um, so being able to do that was great, catch up with some old friends. But it's just, uh, it's amazing watching New Japan from ringside and realizing the level that New Japan is at is beyond anything in this world. It is, I've never sat at ringside and almost been mesmerized by the wrestling. Sometimes I forget to speak because I'm watching the, the matches. I'm so in, involved. Like at the moment, we've got evil and Ishii. Like what a story that is. It's, it's a huge uh, moment in New Japan to see those two guys want to kill each other. And I'm so invested. Um, I have to remind myself that it's my job to talk as well. So it's been a great experience for me all up. Yeah, it's, it's one thing that, that I think we can relate on is that being, you're being a fan of something. Yeah. And it feels so surreal to be sat there. Absolutely. But in a, another way you're going to work, but it's... Yeah, it's, it's the greatest not, job in the world. It's been honest. Like you're, you're sitting next to, you know, yeah. it's like chatting wrestling with some friends. For Absolutely. Me, you know. Oh, we're not friends, but it is. One day, you never know. Yeah, I doubt it. But, yeah. Okay. but yeah, no, it's been, a, it's been a great experience and something I've really, really enjoyed as well. Yeah. Yeah. What's, how was the process of you being, not just coming into New Japan, and, and of course, so you had the Friday Dojo yeah. bank, but uh, you know there are other people with fellow dojo like like Hinari yeah like came over went to the New Japan dojo right is his own man yes what was the conversation where Gino we want you in Bullet Club that's a good question I think Farley saw something very different in me um Hinari's a lone wolf he's out there working hard he's always had to earn every single dollar and every single inch of his life, he's earned it himself. Um, where me, maybe I'm a little bit different. Maybe I like to shake the right hands and kiss the right babies and find my way. And, and I'm very loyal uh, to Farley as well. And I think he saw that. So he knew that uh, I had something in me that was very Bullet Club. And I've been lucky enough to be part of that faction now for a long time. Even though some people seem to think I'm not because Wikipedia doesn't say so, but oh. my point is, if you can you change Wikipedia? Because I don't know how. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> but my point is, uh, it's been a really great experience and, and Farley has led me in the right direction and now I'm here. So, 
having that call of, okay, we want you in Bullet Club. Yeah. And then a few years ago, okay, we want you to be part of the new Japan Rumble. Yeah, that was a big moment. It was, I, I remember getting that email and it was, it was, it was almost like a tick of approval for me. Um, and it, it showed uh, that I had worked hard enough to earn it, but there was also a lot more hard work to come. So hopefully I've achieved all that. And now uh, we're heading to the Australian tour where, you know, hopefully I get that tick of approval again. Mm. So it's, you'll be sort of on home, home ground. I will be. I haven't been asked to announce. So that um, might mean... Well, one or the other. One or the other. And they've definitely said they don't need announcers. So... Mm. You, let's hope that uh, I get the, the tick for the other the other side, yeah. um, which would be great because it'd be awesome to join Bullet Club in my hometown of Melbourne, mm. um, and I think that's it's really important for me to do that. So fingers crossed, we've got some good news coming up. Um, I think one thing that Kevin and I were talking about that uh, you know usually when we have different announcers, you know, we've had a, yeah. a sort of rotating chair and, and that very often it's like the Corican Hall yeah. shows or the Corican Hall events are there, like the the nice home yeah. field advantage. It's a oh, it makes a big difference. It really makes a big difference. But uh, you were here, you've gone from the biggest of the Tokyo Dome yeah. and straight on the road. So yeah. what was it like for you who hasn't spent much time in, in Japan being mm. on the road you know, in a lot of the, the different cities, because usually there's Stontakuto, we're down south. Yeah, Michigan. which was amazing. It's a very different sort of taste. Different feel. Um, I've been lucky enough to visit Japan on holidays uh, outside of New Japan, so I had quite a good feel of Japan in general. Uh, but being able to visit uh, other towns, uh, it, it's really an eye-opening into what the world is. Like, you see people, and I thought to myself on the bus the other day, that person walking outside of the footpath there has no idea who I am or what I'm doing, and I don't know them, and that's how big this world is. Um, so it was a massive eye-opener for me, but everyone's been so lovely. Each town full of fans, shows are packed, um, and they're loving New Japan Pro Wrestling, and I think that, that you know, beams through us as well, which is great. Okay, so uh, yeah, let's circle back to Southern Showdown Melbourne, June yeah. 29th, Sydney, June 30th, and uh, that list of names getting bigger and bigger at the moment. Huge. Uh, so at the moment, we've got Okada, we've got Jay White, we've got Will Ospreay and G.O.D. and Farley himself. So that's enough Bullet Club. I'm hoping this is me soon. <laughs> But it's been a, it's been an amazing lineup, and more to come. I've been told there is a lot more on that list. Is there somebody in particular, not Bullet Club, that you would like to say, "Oh, we want for, as a Bullet Club member, we want that guy on the tour to to get that blue check of beating this guy on home turf in Australia." I, I think uh, the guys already announced are. Uh, are good enough that we could run a massive tour with just the people on the end. So anyone from New Japan, I think, gives this tour the blue tick to say, hey, New Japan is here in Australia and we're taking over. Right. So what's that when people go home mm -hmm. after the event in Melbourne or do after Sydney as well? What What is the lasting impression that you want? I want them to understand that New Japan is serious about wrestling, that New Japan is the most exciting sport that they'll see um, and that they're a fixture in Melbourne, that, it, that they'll be back and that uh, this is something you're not going to want to miss.
and you're going to want to return every time they're here. All right. Well, this has been uh, quite quite a nice, quite a surprise. Oh. <laughs> no, I was a little bit nervous. No, nah, don't be. Going in. I'm a big teddy bear. It's fine. You're about three times my size. Uh, probably four, to be honest. Four. Yeah. How much do you weigh? About 50 kilos. Okay, I'm 160, so I'm 110 kilos heavier than you. Yeah, right. So just keep that in mind. <laughs> I didn't bring any water with me into the... Ah, I can't spill on you. But thank you so much for having me. It's been a right. pleasure. Right. Are you, you going to have a word with the... No, with no, not a, not a no, chance. No. He tells me what to do. All right. <laughs> so thank you. Uh, hopefully, okay. hopefully everyone enjoyed that too. Yes, yeah. Well, we've got... I do have to say we've got one special message that uh, Mr. Craven has recorded from for us from our oh, remote location, so we'll, we'll put that at the end. Hi, Chris. I hope you enjoyed meeting Gino. Unfortunately, I won't be able to join Chris this week. My focus is on New Japan Southern Showdown. I'm in Sydney and Melbourne to arrange a few things and do some media rounds. If any of our Australian fans have a chance to see me at any event, don't be shy, and I'd love to hear from you. Meet and greets will be announced at a later date for Melbourne, and more stars will be announced later this month. The marquee star will be announced after Dominion. I'm looking forward to joining Chris again next week. Before I sign off this week, I would like to leave you with the word of the week. In fact, I'll give you a choice, either Shi'ai or Waza. If you can explain this to our listeners, that would be much appreciated. Shiai or Waza, Shiai or Waza. Well, let's go with Waza for now and we'll keep Shiai in the back pocket, I think. Thanks for that suggestion, Michael. Waza is, uh, the reason I chose it is because I think it's, um, more of a common word in Japanese than just shiai. You know, shiai we use in sporting contexts only, but, but waza can mean all kinds of, uh, you know, you can use it in all kinds of different uh, contexts because waza loosely applied means technique. But in a wrestling sense, we use it to talk about different moves that the wrestlers do. Um, so every single different move is a different waza for the, for that particular wrestler. And so there's different types of Waza. And you might hear the word Waza in different contexts, even in the, the context of a wrestling match. Um, so for example, you might hear the word Kansetsuwaza, which is a submission hold. Um, so if you hear Takamichinoku, next time you hear Taka hype up Zack Sabre Jr., listen to him, uh, talk about Zack Sabre Jr.'s mastery of Kansetsuwaza. Um, so that's something to listen out for. Uh, also things like, oh, what else? Tokui waza or uh, hisatsu waza. Those are the other two things you might uh, hear quite a lot because tokui waza, to be tokui, that, that's something that you're good at. So tokui waza is, is a move that a wrestler is particularly well known for doing as a sort of signature perhaps. Uh, whereas hisatsu waza will be somebody's particular uh, specific um, finisher or you know signature move in that regard so if, say for example Kazuchika Okada um, you might say uh, you know, his elbow drop for instance or his drop kick those might be Tokuyi Waza for Okada but when it comes to Hisatsu Waza that's the rainmaker so hopefully that cleared some of that up anyway Thanks to Michael for the message there and big, big, big thanks to Gino Gambino for our chat. Um, we wound up working together immediately after recording that episode to witness a really phenomenal night two of Don Taku in Fukuoka. Uh, I like to think me and Gino had a, a 
a nice little bit of banter there. Perhaps we need some work to be done on our friendship, but I, I'm, I'm going to hold the door open for that. And maybe, maybe one day, bad luck, Farley, might knock over my water every single time he comes out here. Hope springs eternal, at least. Thank you uh, once again for listening to this. Thank you for following on social media. If you haven't, following me on social media at ReasonJP. Following Gino on social media, which you can do at Mr. Gino Gambino. And thank you, of course, for always following on, uh, reading all your new sources and keeping up with everything going on on New Japan uh, at www.njpw1972.com for subscribing njpwworld.com we have a ridiculously stacked lineup of events coming up uh, in the month of May even though Don Taku is done there's still 13 events coming up in May as we go through all of Best of the Super Juniors all live all with English commentary even I might be on a few of those events myself and um, thank you for following the, our official Twitter at NJ APW Global, which is by the time you hear this right now, it's a, something like 99,980 something. Uh, but I believe we'll be, you know, that account will be well past the 100,000 mark uh, by the time you have this in your ears. Um, it really does matter. And it does matter not just in a sense for uh, the company to expand their brand and be more visible. And all of that is tremendous. And, and everybody, uh, you know, all our great fans are fantastic uh, ambassadors uh, for the company at large because uh, you're out there spreading the word of, of how great these these events are and, and how great New Japan is. Um, but also it, it goes the other way. Um, it might be hard uh, to identify the fact that, you know, when you're speaking or when there's a company that has a Twitter presence or a social media presence, um, sometimes it that might feel somewhat impersonal. Uh, but I do know, as a matter of fact, that there are people reading the comments and that all your voices are heard and that the more people that there are uh, that are, are following New Japan, following me at large or following uh, Gino or following any of the talent or following um, the company in general, that allows the chance for you, the fans, to interact um, with us and with the people that, that make the big decisions and you know it, it may be that, that you have ideas that you have opinions that you want um things known and believe me there there is someone reading that all the time so it really does um, make a big difference for everybody at large and uh, it's very very much appreciated so uh until next time thank you for listening and thank you for the continued feedback and uh yeah we look forward to speaking you to you again very very soon uh until then Gokigenyo. Sayonara. <laughs>